0: You're listening to the Haney Company Financial Guy Show. No nonsense, just a crazy mix of life, business, the funny. And of course, we're going to talk about your money. But just sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. What could go wrong? All right, welcome to another episode of the Haney Company Financial Guy Podcast. I am pretty excited for this conversation today because, uh, Jeremy, you are now, I think, number five from the FinCon community in terms of guests. It's such a great community, uh, and I'm glad we were able to connect that way. So thanks for coming on today. I'm really excited to get in there.
1: Yeah, it was great yeah. meeting you, uh, Brian. I think we met because you were uh, selling your book. And so that's that's right. why uh, That's how we met, which, was, uh, which is fun. FinCon plus... You being an author was, uh, was our connection.
0: Yeah, no, it was, uh, and that was just, it's always such a great conference. So, uh, I, I, I enjoyed it and glad, glad you were there, my friend. Same here. I, you I learned there. a ton, learned a ton for sure. Well, we always start every show with probably the hardest thing known to mankind. And that is our, our first four questions. So, so I don't keep you sweating. Let's get these out of the way and then you know the rest of the conversation should go much more smoothly so you ready i'm ready awesome all right if you could start a band what would the name of your band be
1: i'm gonna go with hopelessly devoted i keep telling my wife i'm hopelessly devoted to her she's like that doesn't sound actually good I'm like well you know it's a nice song it's a fun movie and so i'm gonna go with hopelessly devoted
0: all right i like that yeah that, that works i think so That works. I have, I have a short list of really silly, ridiculous names that um, are too embarrassing to mention on a show like this. But uh, one of these days, maybe I'll narrow it down to something similar, but not quite as ridiculous. So you, get you, you definitely landed in the right side of the column in terms of, you know, broadcast ability. And yeah. So when we, see, when we see you on American Idol, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll remember this moment. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What food will you not eat under any circumstance?
1: Mushrooms, I just cannot stand them. Uh, Although I do like my brother-in-law who is a mushroom farmer. And so that's that's, that's a tough one at uh, food that he prepares.
0: Wow, I don't know that I've ever met a mushroom farmer. That's gotta be pretty interesting.
1: It's in the family, but I will not eat those mushrooms.
0: So I will confess that I am a kindred spirit to that, and for the longest time, I was in the same camp. I refused to do mushroom because they are in the fungi family. Mm-hmm. And I had uh, a bad uh, experience with, with um, ringworm as a wrestler growing up in high school. And I'm oh. like, anything that's, that's related or in the same family as that, I want no part of. Yeah, it. no thanks. So uh, anyway, thankfully, I, 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 I have um, much because of my wife's help grown out of it and i am now adventurous enough to include mushrooms to a certain degree but uh i i i empathize and i connect with you in that in that area because uh that was a challenge that was a hurdle It was no small feat to to bring it on board so i believe it all right what is the number one destination that you want to visit but you have not been to yet what's your what's your number one spot your bucket list spot I gotta go with uh,
1: four of them because I've yet to go to Arkansas, Oklahoma, Alaska, or Hawaii. I've been to 46 states. My dad was in the military, and we had some uh, family around the country, so you got 46 states total. But uh, of the four, I'm guessing Hawaii will be the uh, number one. So I'll I'll make Hawaii number one.
0: Okay, no, but that's awesome, and and so that's also interesting. And, And this was not planned or prepared. But so my wife has this thing called she calls 50 under 50. so she wants to go see all 50 states before she turns 50 so we have a little bit of of time and distance to to get there um but i love that i love that that's part of the framework that you you know you do want to see all of the united states all of the states in the us i think awesome yeah
1: somehow i have not been able to convince my wife that we need to go to the ozarks for spring break Uh, it keeps (laughs) ending up being orlando florida for spring break but i think going to the ozarks uh that'll that'll uh knock off a couple of them with Arkansas and uh, Oklahoma. We can we can take care of that then.
0: That's right. Yeah. You gotta one be day, real one strategic. Day. Did she so so total aside, but have have you seen the show Ozarks?
1: I have not. Uh, everyone okay. says, oh you're a financial advisor. You better go see Ozarks. Uh that, no thanks. But uh maybe one day. I gotta why why turn it down without uh without giving it a chance.
0: Yeah. You know, I I will say it has been one of my favorites. So okay. I highly recommend it. Right. But uh I'll take a good yet, advice. From you know, there's, there's, there's no shortage of, of good shows out there. So no rush to get it on there. All right. Besides this podcast, of course, what other podcast would you recommend our audience listen to?
1: Yes. I'm a big fan of a podcast called the Bible project and it's uh, two folks that absolutely love the Hebrew Bible specifically. And of course, growing up as a Christian, yeah, you, you sometimes skip that, that part, right. You kind of go to the, the fun stuff in the new Testament. And this Bible project, just uh, amazing the depth and the way they're able to uh, explain complex topics, right? Because it's there's some complex topics in a, another foreign ancient language, and here they are able to just really explain things well uh, to where I really get uh, what they're talking about and, and how things apply. And you kind of see the whole story of the the Bible
0: throughout uh, throughout you know history by
1: listening to the Bible project.
0: That sounds fascinating, and you know. That that also is something that I I enjoy a lot because, you know, as you look at any kind of, you know, a historical document, which Bible and many other books like that are, you know, it's hard sometimes, I think, to get the depth and breadth of the context of what's written. Um, And not to mention, obviously, the language, the translations and all the other stuff. So that just uh, that sounds very intriguing. I think it's going to go on my short list. So that's a that's a good recommendation. I love it. All right. well we got through it we made it you know you're not out of breath yet so that's good news all right jeremy kyle now's the the fun time tell us about yourself your practice what you do in your day-to-day life
1: yes yeah, so i'm a retirement focused <laughs> financial advisor and we spend all day helping people make great retirement choices uh, i say retirement focused as in people that are just about to retire so usually you're about 60 years old you're thinking of retiring in the next year or so, and you have decisions about your pension, Social Security, your 401k that you've never faced before, and you have a lot more control over your finances, especially your taxes. You know, when you're working in your are 25 or 35 or 55, pretty much you earn a salary. It goes on your tax return. It's kind of done. You hit retirement, and you have so much control, and you don't realize it right? Your your control is you could take money out in December and spend it in January. That's two different tax years. You might have a Roth IRA account, traditional IRA account, brokerage account, and savings account. If you take out $1,000 from all four of those accounts, there's four different ways they get taxed. And people don't realize that. And we just feel like it's our, our duty to help people out with that. Uh, and that's what we love doing.
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I only just realized this, that we are uh, much more alike as practitioners than i thought because we both have the same number of designations after our name these days so we're we're tied at 7 i like that is it oh my goodness yeah. i like it we'll have so to, uh, we'll have to uh, uh,
1: go through and kind of do the line and uh, match <laughs> yeah. up which ones
0: that's right yeah yeah my we're, kids we are both...
1: in a, my kids are in elementary school we can do like a connect the dots thing like <laughs> a match up brian and match up jeremy here and and see where we uh, intersect that's great uh, yeah no definitely i
0: was going to say we we uh we're in a race to try to spell an entirely different name after our names. Like at (laughs) some point we need, we need more vowels. We have too many consonants, but yeah, there's so many that start
1: with C I think is the problem.
0: That's that's right. Yeah. Well, you know, um, I loved how you, how you shared that because, and you know, certainly uh, that was part of our connection at, at FinCon with the book that I wrote, but just really, being able to lay out that notion of understanding, right? About taxation and the fact that we have a choice about, you know, how we pay taxes, when we pay taxes, how much, there's a remarkable amount of control that I think probably a lot of people aren't as connected to, like you said, and it certainly depends on that life stage um, and all of, you know, you know, variety of things that you might have going on. But, you know, let's start to kind of, Walk through some of that because I think you know it, it, you have a very healthy outline and approach that you take that I, I think is is wonderfully simple but but also very comprehensive and it really does help create some framework that allows people to see these decisions. Like you just said, you gave a great example of a, a simple decision. You know, December, January, and the fact that there's 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 impact depending on what you do. So. Start, start us down that journey and some of the steps that you take when you're talking to a client about, you know, tax prep.
1: Yeah. And when yeah. it comes to tax prep, I love how you use that phrase because tax prep is pretty much where people think it all ends. Right? Mm-hmm. They, and tax prep is really more of let's gather your pieces of paper that recorded what already happened. And let's make sure all those pieces of paper get put on another piece of paper correctly. And of course, a lot of this stuff is online now. But a lot of people think that's what tax, taxes are, and that's tax planning even. And so there's a, just a few rules that I think people should uh, keep in mind. I'm, I'm gonna say the number one rule. Number one rule is to pay taxes when your tax rates are low. And when their tax rates are higher, you should try to defer taxes. Try to push away your taxes in a year when your taxes are higher, and try to pay taxes when your rates are low. That's just a, the general kind of starting point for everything. And when you are tax planning, and you're looking forward, you can plan that out because there aren't specific times, like you can't really say for sure, here's what my taxes will look like in the year 2030, but you can understand that there's a difference between the tax brackets when you're married and when you're single, uh, there's a difference between, uh, your tax brackets before and after you retire before and after you hit social security before and after you hit the required minimum distribution ages before and after your kids leave the house. Right? There's, there's a lot of these before and after type of situations, and we really encourage you to th- be thoughtful on, think through these and decide, okay, am I in a situation where my taxes are likely higher right now and will likely be lower later on, or the opposite? And it's not like a, a one and done flip. It's not like your taxes are high until a certain point, and then, uh, then they're always low. Uh, we want you to think these different times in life where your taxes might be higher. Your taxes might be higher when you're 55 and 60 and making a lot of money and you get stock options and then you retire and you might be living off your bank money. Your taxes are probably really low. And then later on you turn on social security, you're forced out with these required minimum distributions, your taxes become high again. So be on the lookout and plan for and think through when will your taxes be low and when they are low, you have a choice and you can pay taxes on purpose, which sounds bad. But t- paying taxes on purpose on a low rate to save taxes at a higher rate later on is a great way to go.
0: No, and I, you know, I really like how, you know, simple that is. And and it lines up, I think, pretty effectively with the way a lot of people pursue saving, right? We see kind of, especially saving for retirement or saving for the future. But we we kind of see that as a time continuum, you know, we're we're starting now and we're young and single. And then we get married and have kids. So we... You know, we're we're sequentially, systematically, however we're doing it, socking money aside for some eventual different season of life. Well, you know, if you also take that same approach, but look at taxation on a continuum, I really like how you you kind of line up these parallel tracks and the point that you made that, you know, there is a difference between preparing your taxes to get filed and actually having a strategy and Mm -hmm. being thoughtful And taking a step back and talking to a professional, an accountant, an advisor, hopefully both to kind of put your heads together and start to say, hey, you know, since I do get to choose how I do this, you know, what are some of the things that I might be wanting to consider as I look out at that continuum? I really, really appreciate the way that you frame that. Now, if you start to go in, what are some of the decision metrics that you uh, find clients starting to to look at as you start to walk through that journey with them.
1: Yeah. So Absolutely. remember the number one rule is to pay taxes when rates are low. Mm-hmm. And then there's another concept. I'm going to call it the number one concept for tax planning is this concept called marginal rate. Mm-hmm. And marginal rate is either the cost or the savings of your decision. So if you make a hundred thousand dollars and you make a decision on, do I do a traditional or Roth IRA for $5,000? The rate that matters is how much taxes you save or pay because of that $5,000 decision. What's happened in the past with the overall 100 grand you might make, which some people might call like an average tax rate, uh, that doesn't matter. Uh, The tax bracket you're in, that doesn't matter. What really matters, and it's a new concept that we need to hammer at home with people, is that this idea is marginal rate what is the actual cost or savings of this specific decision so once you realize that you can kind of make these decisions uh kind of a, in piecemeal a way like okay this roth decision is a five thousand dollar decision what's what's the cost or savings there uh, this decision of taking money from my brokerage account or from my traditional ira you know that's another ten thousand dollars like what's the, the cost for that uh that income amount there once you realize those two you can really start to go through and start planning out uh, your taxes. And I'll just talk really briefly about how, how taxes are usually presented, right? You go to the tax repair and they say you make a hundred grand and you only paid, you know, 8,000 in taxes. And they say, guess what? You had an effective tax rate or average, maybe they'll call it average, whatever they do of 8%. And so you walk out thinking that your tax rate is if the government handed you a card that lasts for the rest of your life is 8%. And in that situation, you're basically at the top of the 12% bracket and another way to say top of the 12% bracket is bottom of the 22% bracket. So you could have walked out of your tax preparer thinking, I'm an 8% tax person. And then you you go make a decision on 10 grand and you, you pull $10,000 out of your traditional IRA or somehow you have $10,000 of taxable income. And guess what? You're actually, were at the bottom of the 22% bracket, that marginal cost. Of that $10,000 decision is $2,200. That's a 22% marginal rate. And you are going to be blindsided uh, on that. So stop thinking in terms of effective or average taxes, however they present it. Uh, the brackets almost stop thinking of terms in uh, because you can move through the brackets. Top of the 12% bracket, remember, is bottom of the 22% bracket. It's that effective I'm sorry. It's the marginal rate. See there, I go. I said it. Uh, <laughs> so I can't, you know, I can't blame you because it's uh, so uh, confusing. So it's marginal rate. What is this tax decision? And a good tax planner, a good financial advisor, should be able to help you through that. They say, hey, why don't you uh, do this? Uh, maybe you should, you know, if you're in the 12% tax bracket, maybe you ought to be looking at a Roth 401k. But then next thing you know, you've got a uh, a bonus. You've got a, a pay raise, you've got an inheritance and it moves you to the 22% or the 24% bracket. Well, maybe, uh, that cost has changed and you ought to look at a traditional 401k. These are just kind of examples. These are things that people ought to be, uh, looking at. And so we've got kind of a process. We encourage people to go through, uh, we call it our five step, um, plan for, for lowering your lifetime taxes, cause that's what can happen when you pl- are thoughtful and plan out your taxes over your lifetime. You're not looking at last year. You're looking at this year a bit, but you're really looking at all the years going forward and just following these five steps uh, should help you lower your lifetime taxes
0: No, I love it so let's let's start to get into some of those and also kind of shine a light on things that I know even in that um, you know there's there's things that people I think commonly miss that mm-hmm. um you know it's, it's surprising in some areas because you know, there's a lot of stuff that that gets out into the media, and 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 yet, you know, it, it, like you're saying, a lot of times, especially if if you're kind of human nature playing into, oh my gosh, it's April 14th, and I know this is due, you're usually not maybe as thoughtful about getting things done. Now, I know there's a lot of people that definitely don't wait till the last minute, but you know, having this kind of a framework, I think, is really really. Hopeful. So yeah, let's let's start to get into these five steps because uh, I really like how you've how you've laid so many of these things out.
1: Yeah. So yeah. here's the five step plan to lower your lifetime taxes. Step number one is get a draft tax return before it's filed. So uh, what usually happens when you go talk to your tax preparer is they say here it is, it's done, sign on the bottom line, uh, and oftentimes they've actually already filed electronically, even though they shouldn't have. Like they should wait till they get your signature. But they've already filed it. They say, oh, just I need your signature on it. But get a draft tax return before it's actually filed uh, because there might be a mistake. And that draft tax return, that's gonna be a trigger for you to go to step number two, which is review with your tax preparer what you can do to make differences to last year's tax return. Uh, Just because you gave them all the paperwork doesn't mean it's uh, complete and it's good. Uh, There might have been a mistake, which is why you wanna review it. But there's still some things you could do uh, for the prior year, uh, the, the most common ones are going to be like a Roth or a traditional or a HSA contribution, uh, a, uh, 529 college savings contributions. There are some things that you can do in the current <clears throat> year that affect last year. And it's all about that marginal situation. Uh, if you are someone that is $5,000 into the 22% tax bracket, and you have the chance to make a tax deductible contribution to something. Whatever it might be, the traditional IRA or HSA, you might consider that because you might have loved the Roth 401k while you're going through at a low tax bracket of 10 or 12%. But then all of a sudden there's a surprise. You say, oh my goodness, I'm in the 22% bracket. What can I do? There might be some things you could do with those uh, IRA type contributions. So getting the draft tax return, uh, number one, helps you uh, look for and find mistakes because there often are mistakes. A lot of tax preparers are, are helping out 500 or a thousand people really quickly. I'm a member of the, the local CPA association. I was just at their golf outing talking with a lot of them and they all were saying, as soon as like February 1st hits, they're working 80 hour weeks. They're working 15 hours a day, six days a week, sometimes seven days a week. Like there are going to be mistakes. And so get that draft tax return. It's, it's going to help you avoid mistakes but it's also going to be uh, almost more importantly that pausing point for you and the tax preparer to say, let's review this. Let's look at things like the marginal tax bracket. Let's find some ways that maybe we can change things. Uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, I met somebody uh, just the past year and they were describing how they got into the affordable care act a few years ago and they said, Oh, it was great. We didn't pay that much money for health insurance. We had health insurance. We were, we were so great. And then, uh, my wife got a $2,000 bonus and it pushed us over the edge and we had to repay 20 grand, whatever that number was, a pretty big number. And they're describing what had happened three or four years ago, so it's too late by then. I said, oh my goodness, that is so unfortunate. Did your tax preparer let you know that you could have done a $2,000 traditional IRA contribution and not paid back the 20 grand in the Affordable Care Act premium? That's, that's something they could have done. Uh, it was just kind of presented to them like, yeah, this is too bad. Uh, you, you got to write the check. And so there's things that you can do oftentimes that will help you greatly for uh, last year. And if you don't look at the draft return before it's filed, you won't have that chance to, to actually, t- to do that, to save those big dollars. A lot of times it's big dollars that you can save just by thinking through and looking at uh, the, the return before it's filed.
0: No, I think that that's, you know, it's such a simple kind of, as I interpret it in a more, um, athletic maybe sort of analogy like having a game plan yeah and a playbook that's what really your return is it lays out all of the things and the ways that you know the tax code is going to apply to you mm-hmm. and therefore looking at it thoughtfully and strategically gives you these opportunities i know there were several times when i've you know had clients forget things as, as significant as as you know, contributions they made to charity that you just were, were significant, but maybe didn't, you know, remember they had done something in February of the, of the previous year that was, you know, they went to some event and made some big donation and somehow forgot, you know, not that that happens all the time, but all these things, again, matter. And, and I really like, you know, use the tax return now for a purpose other than just giving the data to the IRS and right. making sure that they're happy. I think that that's pretty simple. All right. So we're changing
1: the, the title. It's now the five step game plan to
0: lower your taxes. I'll do I it. I love it. Awesome. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, so
1: step number three. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> step number three, once you've already figured out with your tax repair, you're still looking at this draft tax return. You haven't even hit file yet. Uh, you want to review, say, okay, we looked at last year, see what we can adjust last year. That's step two. Step three is review with your tax repair. What can we do to make a difference this year? You know, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's, you're still looking at this year's, uh, tax return. It's maybe March or April. Uh, you've got a whole rest of the year where you can make choices with your roth 401k your traditional ira you can decide to sell or not sell investments you can decide and plan out your charitable deductions you still have a lot of control for that current year and some control ends on december 31st so you do want to look at things in springtime of what do i need to do throughout the year to make a difference for this tax year so that's number number three but then step number four is before the end of the year. So now we're talking like October, November. So you already had like your spring review. You wanna do a fall review. Look at last year's tax return again, and actually kind of project out what it would look like this year. You say, oh, I made 100,000 in salary last year. Well, you can look at your paycheck, right? You've got a paycheck that's covering nine or 10 months already, and you can project out and see you know, how close that will be, and, and maybe there'll be just some differences, and that might give you some thoughts of, oh, for the next month or two, I'll, I'll do a traditional 401k, or I'll make sure I max out my HSA. Or, oh my goodness, I need some money and my taxes are looking low this year. And so I feel like I should sell my investments and have the taxes hit this year, or I'm planning on selling investments in December, but oh my goodness, my taxes are projecting to be pretty high. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick that out till January. You know, it's only a couple weeks difference, but completely different tax year. So you want to do a, a spring review of that draft tax return and plan out what your coming year would be, but you also want to do a fall review of what this year's tax return is gonna look like because you still have some time before the end of the year to make some contributions to your 401k, to do Roth conversions and pay taxes on purpose to uh, pay taxes at a low rate and save taxes in the, in the long run. That's the uh, that's the fourth step is before the end of the year, project out what this year is gonna look like.
0: I like that and I'm gonna I add to that because this is something uh, it, it, at, our, at our company, at the Haney Company do a lot of employee benefits and you know, it, open enrollment season happens for most people usually around the calendar year, and so um, that's always a really good time to be mindful of what are these types of things you might have available that your employer is providing to you. You already mentioned the uh, the HSA, the health savings account, but then there you know there could be other benefits like flexible spending accounts as well, and. Just being able to know, hey, I have all of these things as options to me. And if I can be really strategic and if I have this game plan that I can now look at, that should give me the ability to better maximize and be purposeful with these types of decisions. You know, I find, uh, especially anyone that has kids, you know, dependent care, flexible spending accounts could be absolutely critical because. Most of us know when you got kids at certain ages, you know that there are known expenses that you're going to be going into, you know? And yet, if you know you're going to be spending the money, why not take advantage if you have the opportunity of something that'll help you come tax time?
1: Yeah, you mentioned the HSA. I really want to talk about that one right there because I imagine a lot of your clients learn this from you, uh, but we run into so many people that have not learned this at all, and that's the fact that an HSA is not totally an employer benefit like it's still an individual account so so many people uh, come to me and we're looking and they're they're about to retire in the last year and usually the last year or two of your working years are actually some of your highest tax years of your life because you've kind of reached the pinnacle of your career there's things that are vesting and there's uh, options and stuff that are coming due because that's just the way that's the way it works you're not gonna be working there anymore and so these things kind of come due you pay taxes on it and so we'll often say this is a year to max out your traditional 401k And some people get that. Actually, I'm going to put a pin in that one. I'm going to remember and talk about that next. But the uh, HSA, a lot of times people are signed up for like $50 a paycheck and their employer gives them like 700 bucks and they do the math on that. That means like $2,000 has gone in for the year and say, Hey, look, you've got room for, you know, a couple thousand more, maybe even 7,000 more, depending on if they're married and over 50 and that kind of stuff. This is a big tax year why don't you max out your HSA and let's put some more money in and they say, well, I've already maxed it out. I put $50 a paycheck and the employer put it in. No, just because you already put in from the paycheck, so many people don't realize that you can actually cut a check. You can mm-hmm. put money into your own HSA and there's a yep. maximum that's different than what you put in through your paycheck and what the employer put in. And those maximums are, are fairly high. And of course, it's if you're below, uh, 50 or not, but roughly speaking, um, you probably maybe know the numbers off the top of your head, Brian. But <laughs> roughly speaking, like uh, 3,500 a person, plus another thousand once you get over uh, 55, and so like that could get you to nine grand max uh, as a as a couple if you do it right and you meet the meet the rules. But look up those those numbers because <laughs> it changes every year, and I'll tell you right now it's that's not correct to the penny, but directionally that's right on.
0: No, you're right. Yeah, and uh, it's funny because with all of these you know amounts and maximums and the fact that they have changed year over year over year it it, it is admittedly hard for us to just try to memorize them knowing mm-hmm. that i only have to memorize them for 12 months and then they'll be that's different exactly. so usually we just keep our handy dandy cheat sheets right yes now, i like it you know because that's uh um and by the way knowing as many cpas as i know we both do i know that they have their own versions of that as well so um there's no there's no shame in in having to always check uh to make sure that you got the right numbers but that's right but no i'm so glad that you you did mention that because yeah I, I think we certainly see this all the time and we we absolutely encourage as many of our clients to to understand what it is to understand how it works to understand that a health savings account is different than some of these other use it or lose it types of accounts that the money that is in there. If you don't use it, you keep it, and it grows and it sticks around. And frankly, you know, since uh, you know, as 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 we come to, if we look uh, through the looking glass a little bit into what retirement years look like, one of the larger or one of the expenses that tends to grow is health-related expenses when you're mm-hmm. And So it can be hugely beneficial to have money in an account that you can use specifically to offset and address some of those expenses. So yeah, it is, yeah. it is, it is an under the radar benefit that I hope uh, everyone listening to this will, will see if they can take advantage of, because it is, it is very, very important.
1: Right. And I did mention uh, that I wanted to talk quickly on the 401k. A lot of times when people are hitting retirement or just in general, they feel like the, the 401k is this, the spread out, you know, 10% out of your paycheck or something for the rest of the entire year. There's actually annual limits too. So we'll have people that retire in March or June and I'll say, Hey, based on what we're looking at, you should just max out, like throw 26 grand into your 401k. They said, well, I can't do that. I only do 10% a, a paycheck. Yeah, but you have choices and you're retiring in three months. You could literally put like nine grand a month into your 401k. If you're retiring in the first three months of the year, because it's an annual you know, contribution uh, amount and there's often a lot of tax planning reasons, especially around the affordable care act where we see, hey, here's a great thing to do is to drive down your income in that final year, especially if you're retiring the first three months, first six months, right, you aren't working a full year, you can put basically your full year's worth of contributions of your 401k, you can hit that full year max in a short amount of time. You know, if you have the high enough income, you can max out your 401k for the year in the first three months or first six months. And that's often a good thing for people in their last year. Uh, I do like spreading it out over your entire year. If you're working the entire year, that's actually a great idea uh, for a lot of reasons, uh, but your last year, if you're retiring quarterway through the year, midway through the year, remember you can max out the annual max of your 401k, you can stuff into there, uh, and your last few paychecks, you can do that. And it's often a, a wise choice.
0: No, uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. And. Again, just just like we see very, very commonly, it's it's about recognizing that you have these types of plans and just taking an extra step to talk through them, to see mm-hmm. them for what they are, to know that you can make critical strategic decisions that might seem small, but can have somewhat you know healthy significance and be very consequential in terms of navigating a more effective tax experience for yourself.
1: Yeah, that's exactly it. And I promised you a five-step game plan. I got to tell you number five. Number five is control what you can control and protect what you can't. That's one of our kind of values and philosophies uh, at, our, at our firm, Kyle Financial Partners. Uh, but control what you can control. You have so much more control over your tax situation than you think, especially in retirement. We, we described that earlier. But when you have that ability to control the tax situation, take that control. Spend more time reviewing and going through the first four steps of the, the game plan for lowering your lifetime taxes and less time thinking you can control the stock market or control the interest rates or control who the next president is going to be spend time controlling your own tax situation. Cause you have that control and you can literally add up and calculate. Here's the dollars it's going to save you over the next few years or over your lifetime.
0: No, I, I love that. And that's, and that's a, a great way to tie a bow on that. And, and again, I appreciate this five step game plan that we walk through because it is you know, again, there, there. It's simple enough that I think most of us can find a way to to navigate it. But also, it's powerful. And it, you know, when you see some of the metadata studies that are done in terms of the amount that that people spend over their lifetime in taxes, or what we could also define as tax drag, to use a a kind of a more investment oriented term, it can be pretty significant. I mean, it's it's. Uncle Sam is the biggest silent partner in all of our lives. That's and we right, just don't man. see him that way. He's the drunk uncle that only shows up at parties and hits you up for money all the time, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, let's uh, let's find a way to do better when it comes to how do we relate to this uncle of ours. And I really think that, uh, you know, you, you've got a great process that, that helps a lot of people out. Well. Let's, before we get too close to the end, what are some of the most common things you see people get tripped up on or, or are there any kind of mistakes you think people make that, that show up somewhat consistently that you've found?
1: Yeah. I'm, the two I'm thinking of right now is just that the mistake, and these are kind of general questions or general answers, uh, but the, the most common mistake is that people think whatever always was, will always be. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking of, um, my in-laws once actually, they said, uh, we have a uh home equity line of credit because it saves us on our taxes. Uh, we get to do the tax deduction. Uh, well, well, number one, uh, the tax law has changed in 2018. Uh, it doesn't do that anymore. Uh, number two, just having a home equity line of credit doesn't actually give you a tax deduction. Uh, borrowing the money uh, gives you a tax deduction. And who cares about a tax deduction if you're borrowing money at 5% and you're leaving the money in the bank at 1%? You know, The tax deduction doesn't help you out there. And so these kind of rules or or thoughts of, here's the way it was, uh, it might've been true during the way it was, but tax laws change, uh, the interest rate environment changes, the investment environment changes. And so tax planning is just a continuous learning process. Uh, So that, that would be the, um, the first one. The second one common mistake people make is just not realizing that tax planning exists. They just think that the only thing you can do with your taxes is gather up your forms, uh, take it to your account, enter tax repair. And perhaps if they think tax planning exists, they think that at that point, the preparer can work some magic and all of a sudden save taxes. You've got to <laughs> plan it out. You've got to be thoughtful. You've got to control what you can control. And when you do that, that's when you can just save money over your lifetime, save money on taxes, pay the proper amount at the proper time. So those are the two biggest mistakes people are making.
0: I love it. What um, what tools do you think people should use outside of some of the ones we've already described? Obviously, you know anything that your tax preparer has, but other tools that you think could be helpful for people to to go to that can help them see this more strategically.
1: Yeah, that's a great uh, great question. And you're talking about taxes right now. Uh, we use a software program called HolistaPlan. Plan. There's a few mm-hmm. out there. I think that's the the best one that's out there to help you. Uh, plan for kind of this year's taxes and next year's taxes. I'll give you a little bit of a philosophy of how we go about it. I was a part of ROTC in college uh, hurt my back. So I wasn't able to go, uh, active duty. So I never was active duty, but I learned a lot. I'd say my best courses, I learned the most out of my ROTC courses, uh, at McDaniel college in Maryland out your way, Brian, Yeah. Uh, the smallest ROTC detachment in the country. So proud to be part of them. But what I learned is a huge difference between a strategy and tactics. Mm -hmm. and you've got to have the strategy first and so when we do our retirement planning with with our folks uh, we've got a strategy and it's looking at the bigger picture and kind of where things will go in the long run so we might go and decide with the strategy that you as a client ought to pay taxes whenever your tax rate is 20% or below that's a strategy Uh, now we have to look at the tactics and a list of plan is what helps us out with the, the tactics to say now that we know the strategy uh, let's get down to the details. Like we can get down to the penny to uh, do the tactics of it. So having a strategy, and that strategy uh, is going to be, you know, whatever it's going to be. The strategy might be I'm going to have a seventy percent in the stock market. The strategy might be I'm going to, um, you know, pay down my debt. Uh, that's you need to have some strategies first, and then the tactics come in, into play. And so the, the tools are definitely on the tactics side. Uh, I would say go with the, the strategy first. Of, of think through what is it that you want to accomplish and what's the strategy to get there it's almost like once you have strategy, the strategy that the tools will find themselves like you'll knowing the strategy uh the tools will kind of pop up to say okay here's the tactics that can, you can use uh to complete that strategy
0: yeah i i, I really like that i like how you kind of frame that as well because i think you're right you know and it, it, we we start every every conversation and engagement at our at our firm by saying, we need to see the big picture as clearly as possible because you can't zoom in on any one part of the puzzle if you don't see the whole puzzle. And so, yeah, I think that that, that, you know, clearly makes a lot of sense and it really does help, uh, you know, when you come into tactics, when you come into answering these little granular questions, now you you know both what the question is and what kind of a success metrics you need to be applying to answer it. So I really, really, really like that. What parting thoughts would you like to leave with our audience and make sure that uh, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, how can they do that?
1: Yeah, well, I, I've had a lot of fun getting to know you, Brian, a lot of fun talking with you here. I'd say uh, the the few things we talked about, What you really need to remember is the number one rule is to pay taxes when your rates are low. The number <laughs> one concept is what matters most with taxes is your marginal rate, which is the cost or savings of that next uh, decision and uh, for those that are wanting to learn more about us you can go to a place uh, called five step retirement uh, that's going to be uh, five videos that walk you through how we help you with uh, retirement planning so it's five step retirement plan.com or you can check us out we've got the retirement revealed podcast so just uh, search for retirement revealed wherever you listen to podcasts and we'd love to see you there
0: that's awesome this has been great thank you so much for for joining me today. And uh, hopefully we will uh, we'll, we'll make this a, a, a frequent event. So we'll have to catch up again at some point in the future. Oh,
1: that'd be fun. Thanks, Brian.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Appreciate it. <laughs> The information provided in this podcast is not intended as specific tax or legal advice and may not be relied upon for purposes of avoiding any federal tax penalties. The Haney Company, its employees and representatives are not authorized to give tax or legal advice. Individuals are encouraged to seek advice from their own tax or legal counsel. Individuals involved in the estate planning process should work with an estate planning team, including their own personal, legal, or tax counsel. The information provided here does not constitute personal financial advice, but is meant as the conveyance of information for educational purposes only. All investing involves risk, including the risk of loss. Past performance is not indicatory of future returns. Guarantees are backed by the claims-paying ability of the insurer. Brian Heaney is a registered representative and an investment advisory representative of Dempsey Lord Smith, LLC. Dempsey Lord Smith, LLC is not affiliated with the Heaney Company. Securities offered through Dempsey Lord Smith, LLC, Membra, Finra Advisory services offered through Dempsey Lord Smith LLC, a U.S. SEC registered investment advisor.